For almost 20 years, I lived in Lubbock, Texas. During that time, almost every person that I came in contact with said he or she was a Christian. I never found one person in Lubbock during that time that I felt was a true born-again Christian, living by the way of God. Pam Paget lived in Colorado Springs for 35 years, and she had the same story. She never found one person in Colorado Springs in the 35 years that she could be around. What's going on? Where are the godly and who are the godly? Are you one of the godly? I'm going to record this as if you are because this recording is really for that person who's asking the same questions we're asking. Where are the godly? Who are the godly? Almost everyone in the, that I know in the United States identifies himself as being a Christian. I came across one man about 30 or 40 years ago who told me, I never read the Bible because if I read the Bible, I would have to do something. He's the closest that I've met in a great many years to being a Christian. He understands. It's not just a matter of joining a church or being baptized. It's a matter of living the Bible. Truly living the Bible. I don't suppose this should shock us when we read a few words that Jesus gave us. Let's look at uh, what Jesus said about this in Matthew chapter 7. Start at verse 13. Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I was born again in 1975. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. I said, sins? I had no idea they were sins. I knew they were wrong, but I didn't know they were sins. And by agreeing with the Holy Spirit, I was born again. Just a few nights after I was born again, I was taken into heaven and merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the word of God. I saw no images, but I knew I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. It was strictly in the Spirit. But I was deeply changed. 
That's what it's all about, is change. Strong change from within and followed by strong change from without, meaning we are changed by God from within and then we have this overwhelming desire for things of God and we do the scriptures that are brought to our attention by the Holy Spirit. But so many things can happen along the way. There was a woman in our church group for 39 years. At the beginning, I really thought she was a godly woman. I have some evidence of her doing godly things. But toward the end, she viciously attacked me and accused me viciously of doing things incorrectly where she was concerned for decades. She says, it's like you've been throwing rocks at me all these years. I'd been trying to correct her, to get her to speak word of knowledge when she would have a word of knowledge, to get her to operate in word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to benefit the whole church. What she would do is just keep silent when she received information. For the most part, she didn't share it with us. And over and over, I encouraged her to share that word with us. I knew she was receiving it. How did I know? Because when I would tell her something, she would say, I thought of that. But she didn't share it. She didn't share it with me. She didn't share it with the church. So it didn't benefit anyone. And that was my main message to her. It was a very shocking experience when this happened. I had been seeing her go dead for quite some time. She lives in Virginia, and I live in, lived in Texas, and now live in Colorado. But when I talked with her by phone, which was often, I began to see that she didn't care about talking about things of God. When I would bring up the subject of something scriptural, some scripture, she went cold dead. She wasn't interested. But when I would mention a television show, she hopped on that bandwagon really fast and told me about the actors in the show, and she had looked it all up, and she could see it, where, uh, whether what they were doing. I knew something was wrong with her, and I had known for several months, but I didn't know what to do about it. There was just nothing I could do. I tried to get her to participate in things of God, sharing the things she received from God, and she wouldn't do it. I felt if she would share with the church, it might turn, but she wouldn't do it. And she saw me as being 
a person who was throwing rocks at her is how she described it. It was a tragic story. She is no longer with us, though I have given her several opportunities to return to us. She has chosen not to do that. She just never answered any email I ever sent where I extended to her the opportunity to come back with us. And that's been about a year ago that this happened. I believe it is a reprobate mind. You can start out on the path excited and being truly a godly person and turn along the way into something else. I am totally persuaded each of us have the opportunity to turn. I know I'm tempted. Even now, at the age of 82, having been a Christian since 1975, there are times when I'm almost swept away. The Apostle Paul knew he could be a castaway. Let's look at what he said. 1 Corinthians 9, start at verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body. He keeps his body under control, he said, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We have to endure to the end. It's not just starting out in the race, but Jesus said, because the wickedness would abound so much in the last days, the love of many would wax cold. But he that endures to the end will be saved. I believe what Jesus was saying is the things of God will become cold to them. They start out on fire, pretty much the way you would be when you first married. On fire on your honeymoon. What was it like 30 years later? Were you still even with the same mate that you started out with or did it get cold I think we have to work at keeping that fire burning of that word of God I certainly do there are times that I will feel it's going cold it's about to go out and I beg God please help me don't let this happen to me and there will be just one little thing just one little thing surface, and I focus on it, and then it gets stronger, and then it gets stronger, and then it gets stronger. 
and pretty soon I'm excited again. We can't let that fire go out. We keep it going by turning to God in prayer, recognizing the danger, turning to God in prayer, begging him not to let us go cold toward things of God. And we have to also be able to turn from those things that are extinguishing the fire of God in us. I'm not exactly sure what they are. It could be a person. I know somebody's always trying to get me to stop the work I do. My my cousin was really after me um, about a year ago to try to persuade me that I should stop exhorting the church as I do. But God got me to focus on the things he did with me from the beginning, taking me into heaven, things like that, to stir me up again. And there are two scriptures which have always kept me going. One is in Hebrews chapter 3 and the other's in Hebrews chapter 10. You may have specific scriptures that keep you going in the way God wants you to go, but I've definitely had scriptures that have kept me going. Let's look at that since the Holy Spirit brought it to my attention. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. That middle verse, verse 13, is the one that has kept me going for so many years in doing what I'm called to do, which is exhorting you. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I am always warning the church, always. And I do it daily by our blog, which is called Jesus Ministries Exhortation, by our podcast, and then I write books on Amazon. I exhort the church daily. Exhort means to urge earnestly by advice or warning. You can take today's exhortation as urging you by advice or warning. I'm warning you that in the last days, many will wax cold. They may attend church and they may do the jumping up and down with the singing, but they're not really following scriptures. I know, I see it all the time. And they'll fall completely apart at the end. We've just gone through and are going through that virus thing that the whole world has gone through recently, 2020. It's been astounding to see the things they do and and even to feel what's going on. What's going on? Is this the Great Tribulation? Well, I went back and looked at it. I went back to Revelation chapter 8 and checked it. 
What are the plagues of the great tribulation? Where does it begin? What can you expect to see first? For it lists that listed in uh, Revelation 8, if you want to go look at it. I don't believe it is. But it's a very interesting time, and it's going to jar many, many people. I'm not saying they will be saved, because Jesus said few will find the way of life. Not many, few. But it will certainly be a prelude to things that are coming and a warning. The other scripture which has been so strong in keeping me doing the work that I'm called to do has been Hebrews chapter 10. Let's start reading at verse 23. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. So many people tell where they went to church, but they never tell anything at all about God or what God has done for them. I don't believe these are real Christians. The profession of your faith has to do with what God has done in your life. That's what we have to tell each other. And we build up the church by what God has done in our lives. And he says in Hebrews 10, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, that's exactly what I was trying to do with the person in our church who said she felt I was throwing rocks at her. She allowed devils to sweep her away. I know exactly what happened. We have to try to provoke one another to love and good works. By the way, the day that happened, it was just devastating for me. I said to God, I have no business being in the ministry or trying to exhort the church if this is what I'm doing. If her accusations are correct, therefore, I ask you to judge me, not her, me. That same night, God gave me a dream. I opened my front door and someone had piled bags of garbage at my front door. And all the way down the front of my house, this person put bags of garbage, stored up garbage. This person had stored up her own garbage and put them at my house. And I knew God was telling me her words against you are simply stored up garbage that she stored up in her heart against you. So I was able to go forward doing the work of God. What she should have done is taken every offense to God and ask him to help her. This 
went on for decades because she accused me of things as far as five, ten years back instead of dealing with them at the time they happened. So this is a warning to us. If we are offended by someone, whether we're right or whether we're wrong, we have to deal with that offense. If that person annoys us, we have to deal with the annoyance in a godly way. I would say first step would be turning to God. This really troubles me, allowing him to sort it out. David off, David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's uh, Psalm 51. So we have to keep ourselves first and keep our own heart first and offenses do come sometimes the devil gets in it and twists things and does great destruction if we let the devil do that we must keep ourselves keep your heart with all diligence for out of it comes the issues of life Hebrews 10, he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. He didn't say, go to one of these churches where they pervert the word of God. He said, the assembling of ourselves. You may only find one or two people that you can be with in things of God. But we do it, and we continue doing it, and we seek after it. And we build up each one in the faith, the real faith, the faith in God. Now, for me, this is a very important scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, because he goes on to say, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day of the Lord approaching, exhort one another even more. There are times thoughts will come, you share too much, you speak too much, you write too much, now you record too much. But what does the scripture say? As you see the day of the Lord coming, exhort even more. I have to know those things to fight thoughts that come from devils or else I will be swept away. And you have to know things to keep yourself from being swept away because in the end it gets rampant and all of these things come to try to get us to turn from whatever it is God has has had us doing and to get us depart from the scriptures and go another way so it's a fight it's truly a war it's a fight that's why Paul said in the last days perilous times come that's in Second um, Timothy 3 for they will be lovers of themselves these are the people in the churches 
I'm sure it is, because he says in that same passage of Scripture, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You'll see them have a form of godliness, but they don't execute the Scriptures. They, don't, they deny the power of the Scriptures by their own action. And he tells us to turn away from them when we see that. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. He says they're always teaching. They're always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And he says, evil men shall, and they will seduce even more and more in that period of time. It will be worse, not better, worse. These are perilous times. These are perilous times in the sense of our own salvation and also in the sense of receiving a full reward for there is such a thing as a full reward. John spoke of it in chapter in 2 John. Start at verse 1 because I want you to notice how many times John mentioned holding on to the truth, seeking the truth, living in truth. There is a scripture where it says Jesus is truth. The word of God is truth. Second John, verse 1. The elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. There are people in the church who think it's love just to approve everything. That is not love. Love is to walk after the commandments of God. And John goes on and says, For many deceivers are entered into the world, into the church world. He says they confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. In other words, they won't do the scriptures. They say Jesus is Lord, but he's not their Lord. For they don't follow the portions of scripture of the New Testament Bible. He said, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. I've just told you the story about our the woman in our church who started out really good and turned. She was with us 39 years 
and finally exploded and left us. We have to work toward holding on. John says, verse 9, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come any among you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. You don't bid fornicators God's speed or adulterers God's speed or homosexuals or lesbians God's speed. You don't participate in those things as a real Christian because the Bible tells us that these are sins. The world may say it's not a sin, but we're not of the world. We're of the Word of God. And through the Bible, we can see it's sin. Now, if the person turns from the sin, that's another matter. And if they continue in the truth, then they're Jesus' disciples, if they continue in the truth. But we don't sit with these people and approve them. And they love to be approved by people who are the church. And the churches today frequently approve each one of these sins. Come to church. Oh, we receive you. We accept everybody. That's the theme. They don't preach about sin according to the Bible because it would not be popular. That's why you don't hear it. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. When have you ever heard that at church? I've never heard it at a church gathering. Matthew 5.32 Who are the godly people? It's difficult to find them. You can find many people who go to church. You can find many people who say they're Christians. You can find many people who say Jesus is Lord, but they don't do the scriptures. So they can say Jesus is Lord all day long and he is not their Lord when they don't do the scriptures. So you have to make some strong choices along the way. I'm just beginning this subject. For those of you who are really interested, continue tomorrow. But today, look at these scriptures that I have spoken to you if you want the easiest way to do it go to our blog which is Jesus Ministries Exhortations on the right hand side of the page you will see podcasts click on that click on this broadcast which is entitled Who Are the Really Godly People for I have written out every scripture for you that is spoken today on this podcast think about these things are you one of the really godly if you aren't you'll get tired of me really fast but if you feel like you're dying out there 
and have been wondering what in the world is going on. And you're really of God, born of his spirit, and you're trying to follow him, but nothing makes sense anymore in the churches. If you're one of those, this will be really meat and drink for you because you feel like you're dying of thirst. And you begin to think, what's wrong with me? For you know it's wrong. I'll continue this subject tomorrow. In the meantime, go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation, and consider the scriptures that I have spoken to you. Thank you very much for letting me share with you.